I'm Katie Sewell, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. Today we're going to talk about kids, and specifically how to travel to Rome with your kids. So it's going to be another tip episode. I'm sitting here with Aurelio. He's going to offer some advice as well. Is that okay, Aurelio? Mm. He shook his head. I guess he's not going to give any advice. Now, Aurelio, do you like to visit Rome? Sí. What do you like to see in Rome? What's your favorite place? Centro. Oh, Centro. Good taste. I like the Centro too. But in the Centro, in the historic center, what's your favorite place there? You have a piazza that you like? Piazza Navena. Piazza Navena? You mean Piazza Navona? Mm. What else do you like? Palazzo Valentini. Palazzo Valentini? I didn't know you'd been there. What's your favorite food to eat when you're hanging around in Rome? Bastoncini di pesce. Bastoncini di pesce. That's not very easy to find when you're out on the street, though. What about when you're on the street, when you're walking around with Mama? What do you like to eat? Patatine fritte. Mmm, that's French fries. I'm going to start with a couple of pros and cons to traveling to Rome with kids if you're still deciding whether or not you want to take them. Number one pro is that Italians love kids. It's a very family-friendly society and culture. If you find yourself in Rome with kids, you're generally going to receive extra special treatment. If your kids are being loud, they will most likely be tolerated. That is one great thing about traveling here with kids. Italians love them. Secondly, it's very easy to feed your kids in Rome. There are pizza by the slice shops and bakeries on every corner of the city, as well as sit-down pizzerias. Most kids love pizza, so if your kid gets hungry, it's very easy to find a quick piece of pizza to give them. Also, pasta is universally loved by most children, at least. And restaurants are very good. They usually don't have a kid's menu, but they will accommodate you. If you say, I just want pasta with Parmesan cheese and a little butter or olive oil, they will make that for you. And thirdly, breastfeeding is totally universally accepted in Italy. You will never get looked at funny for breastfeeding. You will never get told to leave. People probably won't even notice or look at you. So it's a great place to breastfeed and not have to worry about it at all. A couple of cons when it comes to traveling to Rome with kids is it's very difficult to find a place to change your children's diapers. Most bathrooms in restaurants and cafes are very small, just one little tiny stall and usually sadly quite dirty. So it can be very difficult to find a place to change your child. So just keep that in mind. Change your baby the last second before leaving the hotel and maybe don't stray too far from the hotel because most bathrooms do not have changing stations. Occasionally you'll find it, but it's not something that you can count on. And the only other con that I can think of is it's just a little bit difficult to get around with a stroller. So if you have a small child, I highly recommend using a baby carrier instead of a stroller, just because the cobblestones, the lack of sidewalks, the cars parked nose to nose along the streets makes it very difficult to get around with a stroller. So if you have one, use a baby carrier instead. And that's really all of the cons that I can think of. So what I really want to talk about on this mini episode is not simply a list of kid-friendly sites in Rome, because you can easily find that on any Google search. What I want to talk about instead is 
really how to see Rome, the Rome that you want to see, that the whole family wants to see when you are traveling with kids, how to get your kids interested in seeing the city. That said, I will give you a very brief list of some great places to take your kids, specifically for kids. Number one is the Explorer Museum in the Flaminio neighborhood. By the way, we'll put links to all these sites in our show notes for this episode. This is a museum for very young kids from about a year and a half to six. Also, the cannon on the Janicolo Hill every day at 12 o'clock. A real cannon shoots a blank, but it's very loud and it makes a little bit of a fire every single day at 12 o'clock. Lots of kids go and see this with their parents, particularly on the weekends. Make sure you cover your kids' ears or put earplugs in, though, if they're very little. The Bioparco is Rome's zoo. This is near Piazza del Popolo. It's wonderful. I've been there myself several times. There's also an aquarium that is opening up in the Aor district. It is not open at the time of this recording, although it is finished and it should be opening very soon. There's also a museum in Aor called Museo delle Civiltà. This is a prehistoric museum that a lot of Romans have told me was their favorite as a child. So these are some great sites to take your kids when they're really getting tired of the museums and the history and the art and all of that. But I'm assuming that you do actually want to see the history and the art and all of that. So in order to get your children interested in that, that's what this episode is really about. And that's what I really want to talk about. And one of my favorite ways to get kids excited about Rome and get them looking around is to do a treasure hunt. And I don't mean something very complicated that you're going to have to go and leave clues around the city because... Who would have the time to do that? One very simple way you can do a treasure hunt is to see how many animals your kids can spot. And this is, of course, especially fun if you have more than one kid because you can make a nice, friendly competition out of it. Rome is absolutely full of statues of animals every single place you go. And of course, if you go inside of a museum, you're also going to see paintings and mosaics and other works of art depicting animals. But even just walking around the street, you can see them. You'll find lions everywhere. You can also find horses, elephants, dogs, cats, doves, snakes, peacocks, bees are everywhere. You can find monkeys. There are just an incredible number of different stone animals. So if you want to go on an urban safari, your kids need to have a piece of paper, a notepad of paper, and just a pen. Go out into the city and see, as you're walking around, as you're touring the city, see how many animals they can find. It will keep their eyes open. It will keep them looking around. And if you've got tweens or kids who already have phones, it'll hopefully keep their eyes off of their cell phone. Another idea, sort of on the same bent, and this can go for any place you're visiting, is give your kids a digital camera. Even your littlest kid. I did a tour for a family of five, three kids, and even the youngest kid, and I want to say he was four years old, he had his own digital camera. And these were relatively inexpensive cameras that the parents had bought for each of their kids, and they had them around their necks on a strap so they wouldn't drop them. And the kids were encouraged to take photographs. I loved this idea because the kids were so, their eyes were open because they were looking around constantly trying to find things to take pictures of. And it was a great way to keep them involved in what they were doing. Another thing, back to the um, treasure hunt idea, Rome is also full of keys. The keys are the symbol, one of the many symbols of the papacy, the silver and the gold key. The silver key represents earthly power, and the gold key represents heavenly power. And the story goes, the legend goes, that Christ gave a set of keys, these two keys, to St. Peter, 
when he basically named him unofficially the first pope, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So anytime you see a papal seal and the papal seals are everywhere, you will see a set of keys. So if you're with younger kids, you can say, okay, how many keys can you find? Can you find 30 keys? Can you find 50 keys? Have them keep track of how many keys they see. This is especially great for the Vatican because the Vatican is absolutely full of keys. I think I had some kids find something like 70 keys in the Vatican once. If you've got slightly older kids, you can make it even more interesting for them and explain to them what a papal seal looks like. A papal seal always has the family crest of whatever family the Pope came from. On top of that are the two keys crossing over each other. And above that is the papal tiara, the the three-tiered papal crown. If you can get them to recognize what a papal seal looks like, they can start looking for papal seals. And then you can start maybe even exploring together what the family symbol of that particular seal is. You can start to learn the family symbols. You can start to realize, hey, this is the family symbol of the Medici family. It has five balls on it. This building must have belonged to the Medici family. Or this is the Della Rovere family symbol. The Della Rovere family symbol is an oak tree. So if you see an oak tree on a family crest, then you could say, this is Della Rovere, Julius II. This must be from his papacy. So again, if you're getting kids who are maybe in middle school, might be a little bit more interested in that, learning the papal family seal, digging a little bit deeper. Another great idea is just to get your kids excited about coming to Rome before they actually come. Learn a little bit of the Roman history together before you go. Kids especially love learning about the Colosseum. They love the gruesome stories of the Colosseum. So I would say get them interested in maybe a little bit of ancient Roman history, the story of the emperors, and what went on in the Colosseum before taking them there. It's very easy to have your eyes glaze over when you're walking through, especially in a place that is more or less an ancient ruin. It's hard for kids to imagine what they're seeing. Give them a little bit of background. And if you don't know yourself, learn a little bit yourself. It'll make it more interesting for you as well. And give them some context. Explain to them what they're seeing. There are books that you can buy at the souvenir stands that are called something like Before and After or Rome Then and Now. And these books are illustrative books that have images of the major ancient Roman sites, what they look like now, what they used to look like. This is a great way to help kids visually understand what the places that they're looking at were like. Because when you see a bunch of columns and a bunch of rocks lying on the ground, it can be hard to visualize the amazing temples and palaces that used to stand there. So those books are very helpful for that. Another great thing to do with your kids that you're probably going to want to do anyway is just take them to underground sites. You can explain to them that there's an entire ancient city under the streets of Rome. Very few parts of it have actually been explored and excavated. So every time you do go underground, you're going back in time, more or less. Some of the best underground sites are San Clemente Church, the Catacombs of San Calisto, and the excavations under St. Peter's Basilica, as well as the Domus Romane, the ancient Roman houses that are on the Celian Hill. If you just search for Domus Romane, again, we will put links in our show notes. So visit an ancient Roman house. It can really just open a child's eyes to, this is how ancient Romans used to live. This is what their homes looked like. It can take something that's just an idea and make it really real to a kid to go somewhere like that. And the last piece of advice is just, when you do choose to go to museums, I would focus on smaller museums. The Vatican museums are wonderful, but they're not a great place for kids, unless you're going in the middle of low season, like November or January. Low season in Rome is very short. 
high season is really not a good time to go to the Vatican, especially if you're with kids. It's overwhelming. It's so crowded. I can't really even explain to you in words how crowded the Vatican museums are in high season these days. It's almost torture for most children. It's hard to breathe. It's hard to see. It's hard to move. I would avoid it, quite frankly, unless, again, you're, you're in Rome between November and February and your kids are older. Instead, take them to smaller museums. It's a great way to you know, see some art, see something that you want to see, but it's in a much smaller dose. Some great examples of places to go are Villa Farnesina in Trastevere, a beautiful museum that you can visit in less than an hour. This was the very first museum I ever took Aurelio to. Another great museum is Palazzo Braschi. It has a great view of Piazza Navona. Palazzo Altemps, Cripta Balbi, and Galleria Doria Pamfili. These are some of my favorite small museums that are just a little bit easier. They're a little more bite-sized. For a little bit older kids, I know I said that was going to be my last suggestion, but um, sorry, I thought of a few more. If you've got older kids, maybe you know, middle school age or upper end of elementary school, there's a great app called Voice Map. It's a free app. You can just download it. And then if you want, you can purchase audio tours through them that are made by individual people. Uh, I made one myself for the Trastevere neighborhood. It lasts about 30 minutes. Most of the tours are really short, 20, 30, maximum 40 minutes. Most of them cost under five euros or five dollars. And it's really fun because you download it onto your phone. You can look at your phone and follow the route, but you don't have to do that. What you can do is you put the phone in your pocket, make sure your GPS is on, and the voice of the person who recorded the audio tour will explain to you where to go. The app will recognize where you are in the GPS, and they'll just say, okay, turn left here, and you just turn left. So you don't even have to look at a map. You don't have to look at your phone. You don't have to know where you're going, and the audio guide which is not just some random recording, but a person who lives there and recorded it and wrote it themselves will guide you through that area. And they're very small and they're very themed and it's a really fun thing to do. You can always take a tour with me. I offer tours of many different sites in Rome and I can make any tour into a kid-friendly tour. So you can always visit my website, which is tiffany-parks.com tours. If you want to learn about more of a, about my tours, I only offer private tours. And the last thing is, when all else fails, gelato. Straight up bribe them with gelato. Kids, in my experience, will do almost anything for gelato, especially if it's summer. So if they're acting up, just, okay, honey, 30 more minutes at this site and we will go get gelato. I hope this has been helpful and I hope that you have a great time in Rome with your kids. Let us know if you're going to be here. Take photos of yourself and your kids out in the city and tag us and we will share some of these on our social media sites. We are on all major social media sites. Just look for The Bittersweet Life. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Bittersweet Life. I'm Tiffany Parks. I can't say it in English. What do you mean you can't say it in English? Join us again. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe to the show if you haven't already. And if you love it, leave us a good review and tell all of your friends about us. Also, if you have an idea for a bittersweet moment, send it to us by email or voice memo. We're at bittersweetlife at mail.com or find us using the contact page at thebittersweetlife.net.